edition of the Minority Report. As usual, I'm your host, their head minority in charge, Gus, with me, of course, is my biracial consigliere and heterosexual life mate, Jay Shell. How's it going, everybody? We've never introduced that. We are kind of heterosexual. Pretty much. <laughs> Sign on, Jay and Silent Bob are reversed. Exactly. Yeah. And in the studio it's with us today, we have a special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I am, depends on which name you want to go, want to use. Uh, my burlesque <laughs> name is Lil Boy Blue. Nice. He needed the money. That is, oh, an, by the way, that is an, an assassin Andrew, name, by the way. That's <laughs> an old Andrew Dice Clay joke. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, so Lil Boy Blue, we'll just call you Blue. That's a great there nickname. Yeah. There you go. Well, he's, a, he's in the studio with us today. We're going to be talking about, we're going to cap off Pride Month. I know Pride Month ended like a week ago, mm. but we don't care. We, we play by our own rules. Well, also, we were busy. So. We're rapscallions. <laughs> we're roustabouts. Hey, watch your language. It's oh, the Lord's Day, sorry, apparently. <laughs> sorry, ne'er-do-wells. Ouch. Anyway, Jay, yeah. now that you said something about us being away, yeah, yeah, we had a repeat episode on because Jay and I were taking some time off to go visit some family, mm. and we had kind of the same problem, yeah. should I say. Yeah. And there was a particular airlines, which I shall not name, However, Jay... American. <laughs> we all know it. Like, they probably knew, like, oh, American, uh, an airline problems. Oh, yeah, we can connect the dots. Oh, I mean, yeah. Blue, have you ever flown American Airlines? I've actually had pretty good luck with American. I've had... Mm. I'm, airlines are all bad now. Like, every yeah. single one of them. Well, I just, this last weekend, flew both Delta and United, and on both of them, I swore never again. Yeah. I didn't try to take a fight with you on United, right? I think it's the bailouts. That's what happened. Mm. But you're, now, it, yeah. now they won't even allow you to bring a full-size carry-on. Oh, for real? You have no, to pay yeah. extra to bring a full-size carry-on. Well, you can have one personal item, which is like a purse. <laughs> yeah. American allow you still. Mm. However, it has to be fit into a certain thing. And they're always begging and pleading people to check their bags before. Yeah. And we'll do it for free. So I was thinking... Next time you need to take a bag that you have to check, carry it to the gate. Yeah. And when they tell you, oh, we'll check your bag for free. Here you go. See, and that's 30 bucks a bag. Well, see, and that's what me and my girlfriend were thinking. Like, okay, make sure that we pack everything, you know, that we need in one bag and make it count because we didn't want to go through the whole like a uh, bullshit with like the carry-ons paying the extra fees. Yeah. And then we find out that American does like a free, like, you know, uh, what will you call it? like a check-in the gate with, check yeah, yeah with bags and everything which sounds cool however that's what started like all the trouble oh, because God. um one of our connecting flights because we had to um when we were leaving florida we were leaving from orlando to miami and then on the first uh, flight it got delayed uh because of weather so that shit happens but then we we're on the tarmac for about like almost an hour because they were accounting all the last minute um you know, new luggage and everything that people just checked in. And they also had to wait for a while for like their logs or whatever, like, you know, the login for like all the luggage to be like um, officiated, all stamped, approved, whatever, whatever their <laughs> process is and everything. You are official. And then, yeah. But then we miss, that made us miss our connecting flight in uh, Miami. And luckily we were able to like get a um, auto like rebooking, but for a 10 p.m. flight. And then we didn't get to uh, Phoenix about like 1.30 a.m. Well, yeah. we were flying to from where we are is a 45-minute flight. 45 minutes. That's all it should take. We decided to do it that way because we normally drive, and it's about seven hours, and you got to stop for a gas and all that and drive. And we thought, well, you know, let's spend more time with family, so let's fly there. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it, it normally a 45-minute flight. We were supposed to be on the plane at 8.30 and be there by 10.30 because of the hour difference. Uh, it took us six and a half hours to get there because we get to the airport, we check in, we get on, they board us on the plane late already because it was a delay. Mm -hmm. Then we get on the plane, we're delayed there. They said that they were missing an oxygen tank, you know, like a portable oxygen oh, tank for no. a passenger. Mm -hmm. So they were missing one because apparently they had to use it on the flight before us. So they had to wait to, for them to bring a new one. It took about 45 minutes for them to bring it. I said, where the hell are they bringing it from? Brooklyn? What the <laughs> fuck, dude? So then they brought it, and the, Sammy looks out the window, and she sees the guy going like this, like, I don't know, like his hands up. Oh, wow. And I, That's and a look, bad sign. And looking at the paperwork, and I'm like, shit. As soon as, as, soon as she said that, I was like, fuck my life. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. But, you know, the pilot comes up. Oh, thank you for your patience, everyone. 
We are having a slight delay. Looks like the oxygen tank they broke needed a different bracket there. We're not. It's an adapter that's possibly needed. It's going <laughs> to take about another 45 minutes to get it. I'm like, where the fuck are they bringing it from? Mm-hmm. Then he gets back on. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're sorry to inform you. It's going to take about another hour. We're gonna, I'm like, we're going to deboard you because it's going to take about another hour. I'm like, I, I look at Sammy and I go, it's going to be two hours. Yeah. And she goes, don't say that. I'm sorry, everyone. There's going to be a two-hour delay. We're going to deboard the plane. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. So now they, we get off the plane. Hundred and some people get off the fucking plane. And Sammy thinks I'm rude because I don't let the people that are in front of us walk out. I'm like, I'm already in the aisle. Fuck their luck. Like, mm-hmm. They even need to move faster. Move yeah. your ass. I'm on a giant tube that can explode. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, so we get out, and then they tell us, well, we got to go down to another gate that's on the other side of the terminal. I'm like, oh, yeah. son of a bitch. So we get all the way there. Finally, we get on the fucking plane. And uh, yeah, American. Suck a dick. So I remember <laughs> all he, due respect to everyone. Fuck your life. I remember. <laughs> I remember when he he messaged me like real time what was going on and everything, and I told him like, I warned you. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. It was. <laughs> and the, the fucked up part is that I forgot who was it that I messaged, and they said, "Yeah, American it happened to me too." That same fi- the day before. I forget. Damn, who the fuck was it? Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like. Oh, Jorge. Yeah. Jorge, I told him about it. He goes, yeah. He goes, my parents were just delayed two days on there. I said, two days? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that because um, my dad and stepmom were flying from uh, Florida to uh, California. And their plane got delayed several times. And it got to the point where they eventually canceled the flight. Luckily, they got hooked up with a uh, free hotel courtesy of the airline. And they were able to get like a... Um, what's it called a newly booked like a flight the next day it's still a pain in the ass though and yeah. luckily they were able to have like they had like a whole week after the refinery union off and everything but imagine if they did it oh i was yeah i, I was dreading life coming back but anyway, sammy's like well next time we'll fly southwest i've always had a good i said wait isn't that what the, the airline where they duct tape people to chairs because people throw fits no that's airline i mean united uh, oh okay united, yeah. i don't know i remember somebody getting suffocated by being sat on because they were i'm like i want to do that no southwest is usually good like we've always had like good luck with southwest like it's straightforward and there's rarely any cock-ups and everything so <laughs> you said cock-up yeah using a british slang for cock-up <laughs> blimey mate <laughs> anyway so getting on to what we're talking about we have blue here because blue uh we were talking to avery and we talked about drag kings and all that but you have some experience with uh alternative uh i guess professions as well uh hobbies uh, uh, way to pc that shit up, huh? <laughs> um i uh, fun thing uh sometimes uh-huh. if you take your clothes off in public you can get paid for it say what yeah what so the I, hell did... i've been doing it wrong this whole time wait where was that major in high school <laughs> yeah, <for>? right <laughs> yeah. yes um, it was dingling 101 <laughs> yep. uh no i also do burlesque i got into burlesque uh, a number of years ago some people mm-hmm. uh when men do it some people call it boylesque uh, hmm. But yeah, I've been enjoying that now for for a couple of years. I mainly have about two numbers that I do right now. I'm working hmm. on uh, some other problems. I have uh, two complete numbers and about ten ideas for numbers, which I think is pretty common. Oh, wow. for burlesque dancers. Right. Yeah. Um, See, with with your look, mm-hmm. I say you need to do like a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool one. Yeah. Burlesque. Okay. That, I mean, that come on, you they wouldn't yeah. simp hard for that. Mm, I, I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. Um, I I. Am drawn to very specific ideas, like mm. in my because I'm also a cosplayer in my cosplay as well. Mm-hmm. I love playing with gender, um, playing with different kind of mashup ideas. Like I also love, love, love villains. We all love yeah. playing with genders. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like your your um, gender band Corilla Deville. Uh, that's, he's amazing. That's he the a, first time. That's the first time I've actually seen him. I didn't. Yeah. We never really met, but I've seen your Corella Deville. Mm. Yeah, with the big sport, like giant coat on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really extravagant. The, the pimp coat. There yeah. you go. There you go. Now, I'm sorry. If I'm, you, are you are you also the cosplayer? Because I've seen you, and it looks because you're kind of the same height that does him. I have done him. Yes. Oh, yeah. nice. See, yeah. I've seen you at the con who dressed as him. The best him I've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the few, but the very best one I've ever the seen. The few, the proud, the him. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know him, Powerpuff Girls is the villain, the one that has like the lobster claws. and talking like yeah. this. It's a demon with lobster claws. Great. One of those characters, I still don't understand how they got that on TV. It was the 90s. Back in the 90s, yeah. yeah. The 90s was like a, like a Wild West well, and everything. Yeah. You're right in stating that because it was on commercial 
cable cartoon network, cartoon network yeah. show during the day yeah mm. and, and yeah exactly a heavily heavily gay coded possibly trans villain yeah maybe they were doing it because maybe they accepted it because it was the villain you know mm-hmm. it was now yep. if he would have been a hero maybe it would have been a little different and uh, the writing was very smart like they were really well crafted and like uh, creating him and everything mm-hmm. so it wasn't all out like it was subtle it was hints and made you think and everything so that's why they were it was almost like like a like a stealth yeah like yeah. under undercover <laughs> undercover <laughs> but okay getting back to what you're saying so burlesque people normally know it girls doing it and it's been since around since forever yeah and it's implied a lot of it is implied nudity or like covering certain parts do you go full monty or is it no as part of burlesque uh Uh you you do have to keep certain things covered uh what Mm -hmm. what is generally considered bar legal um which means the genitals have to be covered the butt has to be the butthole has to be covered (laughs) and uh for women uh-huh. Legally, nipples have to be covered. Gotcha. But as mm-hmm. part of solidarity with yeah. all the female performers, usually men cover their nipples as well. That's cool. That, see, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. What yeah. if you have, like, uh, what do they call pasties? Yep. That look like nipples, though. They're covered. So, yeah. so that's a loophole there. Yeah, there's yeah. a loophole. Yeah. So she, yeah. a girl could actually put on, or a female performer can put on pasties that look like nipples and they're good to go yeah absolutely and there wow. you go that's a real loophole so you so you mentioned uh the axe uh wait what everything. oh the axe yeah oh, I think so this is like, yeah, he so said you, you can't cover the right. whole thing <laughs> so yeah so you mentioned like you know your signature axe that you do and a third one that you're creating so um could you please tell us like you know what are the uh two acts that you're, you're known for wait absolutely. before you answer that yeah i like that question but also how long also including there, how long does it take you to develop an act? Like, mm-hmm. uh, for me, quite a while. Um, I, it's different for every performer. Different mm-hmm. people do it different ways. Similar to drag, there are some drag performers that will get like a novelty costume from Spirit and turn it into something and can turn out a number in a weekend. Uh, I'm much more deliberate and careful with... Um, do I need to move this closer? All right. Um much more deliberate and I plan out my outfits a lot more. Right. Um, I make most of my own outfits with specialty reveals and things like that. Um, and when I started I, with Cruella, that was originally just a cosplay and I got very curious about starting burlesque um, right. and adapted that into a burlesque number. So I oh, so you haven't been doing pieces. it long, burlesque. I'm sorry, I didn't mean but you're not do You haven't been doing burlesque long. Mm, the pandemic kind of screws up the timeline. Um, <laughs> it does, doesn't I, it? I want to say, I think I was doing it for about a year before the pandemic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you're you're fairly new yeah. to yeah. it. Oh, okay. Well, you carry yourself like a veteran. That's oh, an interesting thing. Uh, yeah. I've been a performer for many years. I think yeah. it's the confidence because, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, to be a, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how you identify. I don't want to assume how you He, him pronouns. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Better to ask people. Better mm-hmm. to ask. Don't want to offend people. Um, so, uh, as a male-born, because uh, you're male, you said him. Uh, going into burlesque one is is ballsy. No Crazy. Pun, no, no. Pun <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said, I was like, shit. Okay. Uh, but also, like I said, the fact that you go out in public dressed like a male version of Cruella DeVille. I don't know if you renamed it to Carl DeVille. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. DeVille will do oh. just fine. Mr. DeVille. I like that. Honestly, it definitely does have that eccentric billionaire yeah. vibe to it. I, I, would, I would picture Mr. DeVille speaking almost like Jafar. Right. Yeah. I would get you a poopies. Please tell me that you, you've, uh, what's it called, been able to like um, bring in the line like, I'm ready for my close-up Mr. DeVille or oh, something yeah. like that. Yes. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, and like I said, and even especially dressing as him, that takes a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've seen, I, I've always admired people who do cosplay that can do characters. I've never, I, I've never been comfortable at all having my shirt off in public. Jay will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And people keep trying to convince me to do things like that. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So I admire and appreciate people who have that confidence to just put it all out there, you know? Especially with a character like him. Yeah. You know? we've, been, we've been talking about years about doing two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm like, yeah. Wait, who's going to be who? I'm, I'm definitely going to be Nagzima. Uh, okay. Yeah. Chi-Chi. Which will nice. be the second, yeah. like, Lizzie Slipes cosplay I'll be doing. <laughs> I mean, nice. you're always welcome to be Patrick Swayze with Vera. Right. Vera. Yeah. Was it? It was Vera. V- Vera, yeah. yeah. 
No, Vita. 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 Yeah. 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 Vita. Vita. I know it was something like that. Yeah. I know it started with a V. Yeah. Yeah. You'd fit it though. It'd look, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so like I was saying before, people know burlesque for women. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you find out that at about the same time you started that male men do burlesque as well? Or uh, I was lucky in that I, I got to see some male burlesque. Um, mm. There were a couple of performers that I got to see. Um, some amazing local performers like Guy Foxwell, mm-hmm. um, uh, Matt Finish. Uh, there's one or two others. Those are amazing names, by the way, especially Guy Foxwell. Honestly, that's that's what I've always loved about burlesque, drag, and everything are the pun names. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just yeah. amazing brandings. He goes, "Are you Guy Foxwell? Yes, very well. Guy <laughs> uh, Foxwell. I see what he did there. Anyway, but that's cool because I honestly we know someone I think because they post on their social media about doing it now. They're getting into it. Matt, yes, Matt Reader. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know yeah, Matt, you know right? Matt? Pen fifteen. Pen yeah, 15? That's his burlesque. Oh, yep. pen 15? Think about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> penis. <laughs> but yeah, he, he does a, a unique approach to a burlesque, right? Like, it's more of the, the everyman type of a, a burlesque. Yeah, oh, so kind of like Full Monty. He, yeah. he plays a lot more for a comedy, which is oh, okay. fantastic. I love mm-hmm. that. I mean, but a lot of burlesque back in the day, a lot of the women did do it like comically as well. It wasn't like oh, all. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, so, so there's like a space for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, and I, I gravitate a little bit more to for myself personally toward mm-hmm. nerdlesque, which is mm-hmm. kind of the blending of the fandoms yeah. and the, the stuff. That oh, we, yeah, we know quite a few people who do that right. too. Yeah, yeah, like, we, yeah. When we were talking with Avery, we love yeah. the fact that the geek, uh, you know, geek culture and like burlesque together. culture yeah. is coming together because like yeah. both cultures have always been maligned by yeah. the mainstream. I use that in quotation marks and everything. So it's great to see like these two uh, cultures come together as they, one they, force. They freak out the squares, yeah. as the kids like to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nerds love nudity too. Yeah, yeah. do they? Really? A lot of them don't get to see it, so they don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I got going back and everything. So like you said, I mentioned like the acts and everything because you know we mentioned Matt's act. So like, uh, what's uh, what are your acts and everything? So uh, we already covered. I, I adapted my Cruella Deville to be a co- uh, not a cosplay, a burlesque number, hmm. and I developed another number that is a unicorn theme. Nice. That. It sounds interesting because he had to think about it. So well, is that it's not quite a character. It's just it's a unicorn outfit, which is, again, another number because I love I've been making costumes for years. Mm. Uh, it was a costume that I made originally for a New Year's Eve party that I then souped up and wore to Pride. And right. now I turned it into a burlesque number. How do you pick your music? Because I already picture like Mr. DeVille. Doing it to Cruella Deville, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that for me is one of the hardest parts: is finding really? just the yeah. right song. Um, so for Cruella Deville, I actually found an amazing song after a lot of searching. Uh, that is the the chorus is "Call Me Devil," okay, which is great. Oh, I don't think I've you, heard that you, one actually. Actually, you know what song might be really good, and it just hit me because he just played last night here, and I I like his music, Voltaire. Okay, it, mm-hmm. it's called Evil. Nice. I'll I'll play it for you when yeah. we're done. But yeah, I think that would suit that character maybe. Yeah. Awesome. Or even if you wanted to do a him like burlesque, it would fit his too. I could nice. see definitely like a culture club with him oh, and sure. everything because he definitely had that boy George energy okay. with like the way his performance and everything. But um, but with the Corella, did the Emma the um, what's her name? The new uh, one. The new one. The live action. Uh, Emma, Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. She, she killed yeah, it, man. Yeah, she was amazing. So did her performance or did that movie itself like um, influence uh, how you uh, approach the character or update it? Or? No, actually. I had made the, the character for cosplay and I think the burlesque number as well, well before that movie came out. They owe you residuals in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love seeing a resurgence in the popularity of the character. Yeah. Like, yeah. bring it back. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that they did kind of an Angelina Jolie Maleficent thing with it because yeah. they mm-hmm. made the villain have a uh, backstory, backstory but also a sympathetic backstory, yeah. you know, where because a lot of times people think, well, they're evil just for being evil. No, yeah. there's a, there's sometimes a purpose yeah. behind it. It's like the, it's like the wicked effect, you know, yeah. how wicked oh, yeah. did for the oh, wicked yeah. witch and everything. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think that was kind of one of the first ones they took that spin on and oh, made yeah. it like into their, mm-hmm. into a sympathetic backstory going, 
oh, well, okay, if that happened to me, yeah, I'd be mm-hmm. a bitch too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, speaking of storytelling and everything, that's one of the things I love about Burlesque is like the storytelling involved. Like it's not it's not just like you know acting sexual provocative, taking clothes off. Like you guys are telling a story on mm-hmm. stage, and so how do you approach your uh, your storytelling? Uh, depends on the number. You know, it could be a little, every number has a very different energy, different vibe. My unicorn one is very different from uh, the the Cruella one. Uh, uniform, uh, the mm-hmm. unicorn one can sometimes have a little more submissive energy, and mm-hmm. Cruella is very dominant. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, what was the question again? Oh, so, uh, how do you approach the, uh, your storytelling? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, burlesque is all about, it's not just taking clothes off, it's all about the tease, the art of the tease. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're, it's a, all about creating that tension and mm-hmm. kind of working the audience. You want them to kind of beg you to take the next article gotcha. off, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so kind of milking that tension and um, creating, creating that uh, anticipation uh, in the number, which mm-hmm. can be tricky when you only have like a four minute song to work in Mm. yeah that you know and that's a that's amazing that you guys are able to like um fit all that um that storytelling the teasing in in such a short time so like do um do you basically say like okay minute one i'm gonna do this minute two i'm gonna do that or like is it a bit more for me i it's a little bit of everything it's kind Mm. of it's kind of a logistics puzzle you know it's Mm -hmm. okay these are the items that i'm wearing uh, this is everything I have to take off. These are the beats of the song that I want to hit. I know I want to take some time here to mm-hmm. do some choreography or play with the audience a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a puzzle you put together. That's, mm-hmm. that's some serious business. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about coming up with a, a reverse burlesque show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I start <laughs> naked and they look at me and go, no, here's money, put, put shit back on. Actually, it's funny you mention that because isn't there, uh, I saw an act. It was actually, she um, guest starred on the show Glow, but she oh. did reverse burlesque. She started out naked and then started putting clothes on. And everything. Okay. Yeah. See, here I thought okay. I had, there are no original ideas. God damn it. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> let's yeah, kind of take yeah. a quick break and uh, we're going to keep coming back with uh, Blue. Hey guys, this is Jesse from Make It a Combo. Thanks for listening to the Minorities Report. But don't forget to listen to our podcast, Make It a Combo, where we watch movies and have fun. Also, make sure you check out Am I Slut, hosted by Andrea, where she gets down to the nitty gritty of people's sex life. And we're back. Thank you guys for continuing to hang out with us. We are talking everything burlesque for all of those who like to. I want to be a burlesque DJ now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking with Blue. <laughs> Coming to be the like, stage, baby boy Blue. Coming to the stage. Get, put your hands together and get ready to have your blue on. <laughs> yeah. So because, I mean, basically burlesque, you're kind of a cock tease the mm-hmm. whole time. Basically. Yeah. Now, speaking of which. <laughs> nice segue there. <laughs> Your your act and your 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 performance is to intoxicate and tease people. Mm-hmm. Now, at your performances, do you see that it's more of a male audience that comes in to see you, or is it a mix? Uh, from what I have seen of the burlesque community, there is a. It was surprising to me how female the audience is. Really, um, there is I, at least. 50 50 nice um and not just because you know the guys are bringing their their girlfriends with them like mm-hmm. women have really been supportive of burlesque and i mm-hmm. think in part because the at the point when i got involved in the burlesque scene it was there was a lot of focus around body positivity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and beauty of, of, of all sides right. um mm-hmm. all sizes all shapes and so there i've seen some amazing performances um by women who are not the the typical you know model body size and they do fantastic creative amazing numbers that have all of that energy and tension um and it's just fantastic to see and so i think it's also really empowering for women to see other women up there owning their their bodies and and their sexuality and that's what i was going to ask you along those lines because i've seen that and we know individuals who do burlesque that are not like you said what would be called the societal Mm -hmm. norm or standard of a woman uh, they're more full-figured, and it seems to be very accepting, and it seems to be very supported by all women, very color, shape, size. Now, is it the same you find in the male burlesque? Because me, being a kind of full-figured guy myself, I'm, I'm what I, I used to, what they used to refer to as husky. Right. <laughs> uh, are you find that that's also accepting? 
Absolutely. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because mm -hmm. a lot of times you, all you think of is magic mic. Yeah. Uh, you know, unless you got a six pack, you know, washboard abs and are six foot and hairless from mm -hmm. head to toe. They don't ever yeah. want to see you. And, and that's one of the awesome things about burlesque. It's the celebration of the human body in any form. And um, and I, I mentioned this in like our show with Avery is that, you know, burlesque as well as drag, like, you know, inspires a lot of folks to start doing that as well. Yeah. Like folks who are like, who are so shy, who are like very like um, insecure about their bodies and everything. They see someone that looks like them and they're like, you know what? I'm going to do that as well. Much like how superheroes do. Yeah. So, and have you had any like... Um, um, but uh, what's it called? Have you spoke with any folks who are like inspired by you or the work you've done or any of the uh, the uh, your friends who have done burlesque that come to mind? Um, ooh, I I don't think most of the most of the reactions that I get from people are I could never do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I you know it's it's one of those things that um, it, it doesn't hurt that I'm also an exhibitionist. So mm -hmm. this is very much kind of. Um, have with my performance history and being an exhibitionist this kind of fits right in my right. comfort zone mm -hmm. uh, but yeah most of the people that I talk to are just they cannot get past that fear that is just instilled in them like it's just I there a lot of insecurity oh yeah. I, I can completely relate mm -hmm. to that because as Jay can tell you I'm a confident person I you know in life but when it comes to that particular thing mm -hmm. it I've performed on stage in front of hundreds of people, whether it was in professional wrestling, in a rock band, mm -hmm. or hosting a costume contest with a thousand people in the audience, and I mm -hmm. kill it. Yeah, It's the aspect of someone seeing me at, I guess you can say, your most sensitive, your most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's That's what terrifies me. Same thing here as well, because you know, I've done martial arts my whole life. I've been to like many tournaments, uh, doing forms, sparring in front of um, you know, a bunch of crowds as well as like, you know, high ranking senseis, masters and everything. And be like, eh, tis just another Tuesday. But something like that, like when you're down to like barely anything, when you're showing full vulnerability, that yeah. is like the true, mm -hmm. true test of uh of like courage and everything. Hats well, off to you guys and yeah, everything for and, doing so. And I think in you know, uh I wanted to see your take on it, Blue. It's the societal aspect of it because, like Jay was saying, him and I are not what the societal norm would be. You know, let's face facts. We're, he's not Channing Tatum. I'm not, you know, Ryan Reynolds. Mm -hmm. no. Although people confuse me for him all the time, I understand. After, a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of cocktails. But I'm saying is that that's the thing that kind of holds up people like him and I. Yep. And you do you think that that's kind of what keeps people from doing it? Oh, for sure. It's society. It's all the societal mm -hmm. pressure that keeps people from doing it. I think bringing it back to Drag Race, mm -hmm. like you see every season of Drag Race, there's the makeover episode, right? right? Mm -hmm. And there's something so empowering about the the rawness of really being yourself and letting yourself go right. and trying something different and then being celebrated for that, um, that just feels good. Yeah. And I think burlesque, much like drag, that if more people took the opportunity to try it and bear all bear themselves and see the response right. of people cheering and celebrating that it is incredibly empowering yeah. to mm -hmm. be like oh it's just me almost completely naked in a room full of people and everyone is cheering that's incredible it's yeah. an amazing feeling it, mm -hmm. it, i can understand that because like i recently Someone recently showed me a website called Cosplay Deviants. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about it back. I need to look up this website. Yeah. <laughs> I remember back in like 2012 when I first started cosplaying with UJ, like, and I heard about it, and it wasn't a really big deal. Apparently, now it is a huge deal, and you can get paid for your photo sets. Oh, cool! Like mm -hmm. you send you submit a photo set, and they'll pay you to put it on their website if they're selected. But anyway. Uh, it's the very first cosplay website I've seen that it, there's men naked. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mean partially. I don't mean that during their cosplay, mm -hmm. they start in their cosplay and they end up. I was looking at, them, oh, well, there you go. There's a bait and tackle. <laughs> I was like, it's the old twig and berries. <laughs> Just like that. And I'm like, dude, I, I honestly mm -hmm. admire people like that mm -hmm. because I'll take any. I've, I've jumped off a 15 foot ladder mm -hmm. onto a concrete floor. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. They go, but you know when wrestlers go down to like their speedos and wrestle i no i no hell yeah. no they tell me oh you should wear trunks uh i wear them under my pants yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah. But going back to you saying, so you have a fa- like, no, no. The what I wanted to ask was because we were talking about your routines. Now, do you practice your routine, or is it something when you get on the stage, you work through it because, like you said, you you go by more of audience response? Um, I think most burlesque performances and performers are very well rehearsed because mm-hmm. from, different than drag, drag is a lot more audience interaction. You have to move around and take tips. Uh, for burlesque, you, again, have a set amount of time. You have to get all these various articles off. And sometimes there's very specific ways you want to take them off, um, which is, again, part of the choreography. And so it's it's very rigid. And so one of the, the kind of the etiquette of burlesque number of burlesque shows is that you don't hand tips to the performers. You wad them up and you launch them at the stage. I, I've seen that, yeah. And it almost looks like... Um... What was it? It's basically, it's basically almost like when like the stage becomes like a jackpot like type of machine and everything. Yep. You see all the gold coins. You see all like the yep. dollar bills all and everything. Stage. I don't know. Yeah. When you say ball it up, kind of reminds me of WCW back in the 1990s. Boo! Oh, when, oh like, trash when Hulk Hogan turned heel. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow. But no, but that's cool though. It's, it's so it's more like you said, it's rehearsed, but you also go off of like the vibe that's going on. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. And I, I mean, some performers, I know I try to do this in a lot of my pieces as well, I'll set aside a m- section of the song where I'm like, okay, here I can work the audience a little bit. This is a little more freestyle, but there's still a lot of right. stuff that has to be hit specifically on marks. See, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I haven't been able to attend the show because I've been invited for years. Uh, uh, one of the performers we know, Anya, you probably oh, yeah. know Anya. Anya Graves. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've known her forever, and she's always like posted about going out to her mm-hmm. but normally it's like dude it's on a tuesday at nine o'clock at yeah. night i'm I like yeah i work the next so, day yeah so uh, why are they usually on like on weekdays and everything um i think a lot of times it's because they much like drag shows they happen in nightclubs and bars and they're always looking for things that will get more patrons in the door on weeknights mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and on weekends they're always booked with big events that gotcha. see i, I was yeah. thinking that's what it was too because when when i started wrestling here mm-hmm. uh we used to wrestle on every other tuesday night because it was at the sets i don't know if you remember the sets in on mill avenue mm-hmm. uh it was a, a, a bar slash club slash concert venue and it was a they were gonna have a show on a tuesday so they had us on booked on tuesdays mm-hmm. but Oh, wait, this is a question I want to ask, pers- a personal question. Now, um, your family, do they know that you yeah. do it? And what do they think? Uh, they're very supportive. They love that um, They love that this makes me happy. Right. Uh, they're, they're all right with it. But also, mm-hmm. my, I'm very, very lucky that I have a very accepting family. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Several years ago, when I competed in the Mr. Phoenix Leather Contest, my parents actually flew in to attend the contest and support me. Oh, that's Wait, awesome. Mr. what? Mr. Phoenix Leather. What's yes. that about? Yeah. That is a uh, <laughs> usually gay fetish men's beauty pageant. We'll call that, it that. That's amazing. That's called a segue. Yeah. So, because you were yeah. telling us before we came on about another uh, performance type thing you do, which is uh, not necessarily performance, although it can be. I am an <laughs> exhibitionist, uh, <laughs> but I'm also heavily involved in the local uh, gay kink community. Mm-hmm. Gay kink community. Mm-hmm. Huh. See, all I think is like ball gags and leather. Sure, can be that. Yeah. It can be. <laughs> can be if that's what you're into. It's all yeah. about consent. Oh, I, there you go. That's the big one. I think I saw you in uh, your leather gear and everything a couple uh, pride uh, parades ago. Probably. And everything. Yeah. And, yeah. It was um, at the parade, all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> was but, that also the parade we marched in? No. Uh, yes, it was yeah. actually. Yeah. I marched and, in a few pride parades. Yeah. And uh, I do remember seeing like um, that organization like represented at last oh, yeah. year's Pride as well, and like it's so it's so cool to see like you know communities like that like you know get like you know positive attention and everything because you know they, I'm sure like they would have to like hide like the organization because of like you know societal standards and everything. It, it was really inspiring to me several years ago when we had a float in the parade and we were near the very end of the parade and you know Phoenix is hot yeah. and at, by the end of the parade like, in leather yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the end of the parade everyone's hot and tired they're ready to go to the festival and go find some shade and at this point pride in general with the corporatization of pride and all of the floats for you know Macy's and IBM and real estate companies <laughs> you know, it's like why <laughs> you, that, said, you heard IBM didn't you <laughs> yeah 
Um, uh, yeah. like, I go to Pride now, and there's booths for mattress sales. I'm like, what? Right. Well, I mean, let's face facts. Anywhere a corporation thinks they can make money, they're going to. Yeah. I mean, Target, Walmart, I mean, for example. Yeah. Gays sleep, too. Yeah. Yep. So I've heard. I don't know. Uh, but when our, our leather float came up to see the audiences just light up and like there was one there was a, a member of our club walking out front in like a harness and a gimp mask like you couldn't see his head he had a full leather face covering <laughs> walking in the phoenix heat and people were going nuts they were so excited to see this just expression of who we are and what we love right. and it was really really inspiring it, see, it, it all felt like, yeah it all felt like it culminated to that yeah, moment now yeah. now that he he said that over the corporate and then the leather gimp mask i'd like to see a combination of it oh how about like a patrick bateman type yeah, of you thing go. Like cosplay like a, mashup they, right. there you go like yeah. a, a remax uh gimp mask luchador mask thing going on oh yeah. you should do that no i don't that'll, think so that'll be your that'll be your uh your thing. i don't think so tim <laughs> come on get confident <laughs> yeah my 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 stage name would be re max no max powers that's what i'd be max, okay homer max power, but max with two x's there you go. Uh, okay. Why not wow. three? Oh, there you go. He has to work his way I, up to the third. He goes, he goes, <laughs> my dial goes up to 11. Why not 10? Uh, this goes, goes to, 11. to 11. There's the there's right way, the wrong way, and the max power way. Isn't that the wrong way? Yes, but sexier. <laughs> it doesn't have to mean anything. It's provocative. <laughs> we throw a lot of these weird-ass references in there. I'm just glad that you, you got them. <laughs> uh, no, he's just being polite. What the fuck are they talking about? Anyway, so... It would be okay if you. How did you work your way in, phrasing, uh, to burlesque? Sorry. A lot of lube. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Sexual. <laughs> Talking I, about the penis. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Worked my way into burlesque. Um, uh -huh. So I had I had some I had several friends who were involved and really enjoyed it, and I had heard about this event at Comic-Con at Phoenix, uh, now Phoenix Fan Fusion that they do every year called the Men Strut Your Stuff panel. David Santiago, one of my good friends from New York, Cap yeah. Santiago, oh, he's he great. was in I one of him. the very first ones. Actually, I, yep. haven't, yeah. I haven't heard about that. Like, tell yeah. us more about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, please uh, do. I, yeah. I know a little bit of it, but go ahead. Yep. So I, I don't know how long they've been doing like the, the more female burlesque show at Comic-Con, um, and I don't know exactly when this started, but I'd heard about it for several years, and I always had a conflict. There was some other panel that I really wanted to go to and couldn't make it or was doing something with friends, and I had other friends who had gone and posted videos or walked in it. Basically, the, the show, is, the, the panel for Men Strut Your Stuff is men sign up, they have like a runway stage, mm -hmm. and you just get up and kind of show off a little bit. It's kind of, again, mm -hmm. that body positivity, a um, little bit of a not quite burlesque teasing, but you're encouraged to maybe take a few items off and work the crowd, but really focusing on that body positivity and celebrating that uh, for everybody in all body types. So um, is it like a, a registration thing, or is it kind of like an open mic night where anybody can just show up and like, you know what, I'm going to do this? Very open mic yeah. energy. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I when David did it, he tried to convince me to go. So I know it was probably at least eight years ago because I would think that was the last time he came to Phoenix or the Comic Con. And he was like, "Oh, you should come with me." I was like, "Probably not." No, because we we run a booth at the Comic Con every year, so it takes a lot of our time. Oh yeah. So when he he mentioned it, I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna be." He's like, "Oh, it's after the hall closes." Damn it! I was like, "Why do you want to see me with my shirt off, bro?" <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> but funny, uh, funny, but, yeah. funny story about him. Mm -hmm. uh, we were out at lunch one time with my my kids, and he came up, and uh, my daughter goes, "I ship you guys." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, we're 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 not gay. She mm -hmm. goes, "Doesn't matter." Yeah. Uh, apparently, so, it's his thing to ship people, even if oh, they're yeah. not. <laughs> South Park has taught folks it doesn't matter if you guys are attracted to each other. Uh, you're going to be shipped. Tweaking uh, uh, Craig. Craig. Yeah. Yep. But you were saying so that was your first experience into it. Now is it? difficult to try to break the barrier i mean i don't know how to phrase it but to get into it to to break into it uh i i had a very easy entry into burlesque because i uh had a character i adapted the costume mm -hmm. i kind of debuted it at this men strut your stuff thing uh and i was lucky enough that i had some friends who were always already involved in burlesque right. that were impressed by my performance at that panel and said 
we're doing a show. We want you in the show. Right. Um, Doesn't and, hurt that he's not a bad looking dude either. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty easy for me. Right. Um, I'd say the, the easiest way to get into it is meet people, go to shows, mm-hmm. learn. It's not, it's not hard to remember the names because mm-hmm. most of the names are pretty catchy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, so like, you mean on your grave is easy to remember? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the two amazing women who ended up starting up their own burlesque company that I uh, was friends with and invited me are Luna Love Button. Oh and yeah, okay. Peppermint schnapps. Yeah, we, we know well, we know Luna and Pepper <laughs> yep. and everything. Yeah, Peppermint and like schnapps. you know, it, yeah, you see the pun names yeah. are amazing. But no, yeah, we uh, see like uh, clips of like performances and everything uh, posted. But yeah, there are yeah, also we people. we know quite a few people in yeah. the, in the biz. I guess I don't know. So one thing that I have noticed about burlesque performances is the um, the aesthetic is still tapped into like the throwback, the nineteen twenties, thirties the pinup era and everything yeah, even further back yeah yeah, yeah. um so um is that like one of the traditions that like the burlesque uh, community just like wants to keep to make sure that they still have the connection to like their origins honoring the past honoring the past yeah, yeah. Uh, there's definitely history there and right. it depends a lot on the performer you mm-hmm. know there are definitely performers that love that pinup aesthetic and will bring that into all their numbers there are lots that don't you know much like drag there's a lot of different flavors right. there are some that are much approach burlesque from a much more punk rock aesthetic nice mm-hmm. And so it, it really is varies depending on well, the person. Well, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it's also the fact that you want to have a diverse a show because mm-hmm. the audience if they see the same exact show with every person coming mm-hmm. up there, they're probably like, okay, yeah. you know, this would be. I came, I loved it. I Crazy. don't need. I don't need. I don't need to come back. Well, that would have been. I loved that I came. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> but. So you guys kind of kind of try to probably keep it diverse in the fact that you want to keep entertaining people. You yeah. Know? I mean, what what. You want to kind of want them to come back so they can see what's going to be different next time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about watching the performances, it is like traveling through time because they got that aesthetic there. So like when I see uh, Pepper or Luna perform like from the clips and everything, you know, the only thing that's missing is like, you know, the old timey film, like cracking and everything. But they, it's really cool to see that aesthetic. Uh, but yeah, it's really it's like burlesque. I, I, guess, I think you would agree like it travel makes you it travels you to a new world. And yeah. it's a world that, like, once you stop watching, once you're back in the, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like, you know, mon- normal. Uh, the real world. The real world, yeah. I was trying to have phrases and everything. It's almost like a trip. Like, dang, I want to go back there. Hey, like, hey yeah. I, I got an idea. I could do I could do a World War One soldier because they were called the Doughboys. I'm kind of low. Yeah. Oh, there you, go. there you go. There you go. I could boy. be a Doughboy. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> on that I, note, yeah. let's go take another quick break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Junior from Make It A Combo. Thanks for listening to the Minority Report. But don't forget to listen to our podcast, Make It A Combo, where we review movies, talk shit, and have a good time. And our other podcast, M.I.S. Slut, hosted by Andrea, where she reads them sexy stories from her listeners. Hola, mi gente. Thanks for hanging out with us. As we said, we're capping off our Pride Month. Yeah, a little late, but go fuck yourself if you think. Huh? We don't care. Oh, we calm do, down we'll, there. Hey, listen, listen. Don't hey. you start me. <laughs> Those voices, man. Hey. They're in my head. All right, Morton. <laughs> I hear voices in my head. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of voices in here. Yes. This is Jethro T. Cornholder. That's, that's, that's Rusty Shackleford. Anyway. No, it's Ru- no, it's Cornholer. Thank oh, you. Oh wow! Excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> Jethro T. Cornholer. Anyway, so Blue, before we went on there, you were touching a little bit on. Well, we can go into it more. Your the leather. What was the group you said? I don't want to get the name wrong. Uh, the group I'm a member of is the Phoenix Boys of Leather. Boys of Leather. Mm-hmm. After the boys, Boys of Leather. So is it kind of like? How can I put it? So it's not a that one's not a performance thing. It's a, no. It's a lifestyle. Correct. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So you because you said already because that's kind of a kink. Also, the one you were saying before is voyeur. So it, you like to be watched or you like to watch? Because I know voyeur has two like different kind of aspects to it. Oh, so you like performing? Yeah. Gotcha. You like being watched. Yeah. Uh, now. Do you like being watched where you know they're watching you or maybe like? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm. I enjoy uh, public play. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't mind people. I don't mind knowing people are watching. Because you can be right. frank with us. We don't. We, yeah, we yeah. have no. We have no filters here. Yeah. So yeah. So like. Um. So what do you find appealing about uh, being watching everything? Um. Like what are what is like. 
um, what like drives you to that? I, I, I don't know that I could say. I, mm. I don't know, you know, with a lot of uh, fetishes and a lot of people's fetishes, I don't know why it's a thing for me. Some mm. people spend a lot of time trying to trace it back to, oh, you know, my, my mother spanked me with a spatula. <laughs> That's why I like, you know. <laughs> the origin uh, story, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't ever really invest a lot of time in that. And anytime I've tried to think about it, I don't ever come up with much. Mm. Um, and so it, these are just, there are certain things that turn me on and that happens to be one of them. And so See, I go with it. And that's refreshing to hear because you can, you know, you don't have to explain. You know, explain a whole backstory to it. It's like it's just my thing. It's it's like uh, the the great Brian Zay, and I know people don't know who he is, but Jay does. He sits there and goes, "Like what you like, and don't be a dick." That's basically it. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Like people try to science always tries to explain things. Like there was an article where oh, foot fetish is origins and where kids weren't picked up a lot, and all they saw was people's feet. And oh boy, that is a reach. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like. Uh, okay, uh, uh, all I ever did as a kid was watch TV. I don't want to fuck it. Right. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I just all due respect. Turn them dials. I mean, and my thing is about fetish is that I'm like, some of them I don't get, but hey, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the weird ones to me in a TMI, the one where they like to stick stuff inside the tip of their. Oh, yeah, sounding. Penis. Yeah, no, I'm good with that, dude. Mm. No, I've had a circumcision when I was 21, and I, I, I'm good. I don't need nothing beaten down there. It's, yeah. it's fine. Mm. No, uh-uh. nothing sharp or metal near the goods mm. at all, ever again. Don't need it. But anyway, <laughs> so these are all consenting adults, of course, yep. because people will hear the boy and they want to just go off on that. No, I understand, and it it the the word comes from different types of kink role play or Mm -hmm. or within the the context of a scene so there is um stuff people probably know more and more more comfortable with is the not comfortable with more knowledgeable of or is the idea of like a master slave scenario Mm -hmm. um there's a maybe one degree softer version of that which Mm -hmm. is daddy boy um which is the idea of not like a slave where i have to do whatever you say but maybe more of a not quite Parental, but um, authoritative figure. Like, uh, I'm sorry, like a power struggle. Yeah, so yeah, more a power dynamic. More teacher yeah. student. More teacher student than yes. anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're the, the the daddy may be a bit older, where the other one's younger, and could be because is why? Because I think that's usually the norm when could be doesn't always have to be. Yeah. I know several boys in our group who are older and have younger daddies. Really. Interesting. Hey, there you go. Mm -hmm. I've been called a what was that word they called me? A bear. No, a zaddy. Okay, but come on, Uh, you do have the qualifications of a bear. Well, I don't know. You, 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 you be the judge, Blue. I people people ascribe a lot of different um, animal personas to different people. I've heard wolf. I've heard otter. Uh, I want to be a wolf. What makes you a wolf? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, because the the. I guess the urban dictionary definition of de- of a bear is hairy and large. Usually. So, yeah. Because I'm not very aggressive. I'm very sensitive. I'm very kind. I'm warm-hearted. Oh, shit. Yeah, light detector <laughs> just went to hell. Anyway, <laughs> so we we'll get back into that. Now, have you found, and with all due respect, that there's more, um, I don't want to say discrimination, but people raise their eyebrows more when you say that you're part of that community or burlesque? Um, probably about kink community because people don't understand it. People at least think they have some idea of, of what burlesque is. And mm-hmm. there's that kind of boundary of the stage. Like right. that's something that happens on stage and that's great. Um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of fear around pain and people assume that fetish is always pain and it's not, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't rather, it doesn't have to be. No, I mean, there's, there, uh... And because I'm a lot older, probably both of you guys, it used to be a big taboo fetish when men like to dress as women and not well. not drag. They were I don't know what the proper term is now. Back in then it was called transvestite. But now I hear that's not a cool word to use. But they were a lot of them were heterosexual men, sometimes in marriages, but they like to have women's clothing on. Mm-hmm. So. And that's a fetish. It has nothing to do with pain or abuse. And I've noticed, and um, this has been like a recurring theme with folks looking on the outside um, when it comes to like burlesque fetish and all that, is that they always look at the surface level. They actually never take the time to actually ask the performers, 
what's this all about and everything. They see one thing that's outside their norm and it's like, all right, I made up my mind about this and that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. That, and they also believe what they're told instead of asking the person that actually believes in it. Mm -hmm. right. Oh, I hear those people, this for that and the other thing. Like today, the whole uh, political uh, comment about or the commentary where all drag queens are child molesters mm -hmm. is like, who told you that? You know? Yeah. When that's a big part of what the Phoenix Boys of Leather try to do is for those who are interested, we want to help educate mm -hmm. and show one how to do it safely. Right. That is key. Um, how to do it with consent. Um, and then allow people the opportunity to try things that they might not have the opportunity to on their own. So we have um, a, a monthly bar night. Well, one, through our group, we do regular discussions and demo nights where it's all about education. So we're either talking about either some specific kink or some aspect of the kink community that we can teach about and share knowledge or sometimes we'll do a demo right uh, we also have monthly uh, we call gear nights at our leather bar anvil where we'll often do demos or plan demos where say we're going to do a flogging demo and in addition to maybe having somebody on stage who's already volunteered so we can mm -hmm. demo it for people to see and say oh this is maybe something i want to try um you can also like approach somebody and say hey i think i want to try this right. could i try this and we can talk you through it and you can maybe try something for the first time so i popped a couple okay. of cherries related to flogging and people's and they really enjoyed it now that you say that so not all of it has to do with sex no see because a lot of people they go oh, well that's sex is involved right away not always and, right exactly that no because I've, I've i don't want to say i've dabbled in the SM, but i've talked to people who are in the you know community mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of times it has nothing to do with having sex. It's, it's like you said, it's the power dynamic. Some yeah, people, it's the power exchange, yeah. the release. The, yeah. yeah, I dated yeah. a girl back in the day. She was a bartender, but her part-time job was she would get these high-ranking corporate business dudes, and they wanted to be either flogged or be stepped on. Mm -hmm. Some of them even spit on. And I'm like, it makes sense because they have so much power and there's so many people that grovel down to them. They want the reverse. They want the reverse because they don't know how it feels to be demeaned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said, I don't get it, but to each their own. And honestly, I love um, the educational aspect when it comes to those cultures because it's great to see um, y'all all like, you know, structuring like an educational side to this to like teach folks um, what this is all about, um, educate them on like, you know, what like you know the structure and everything but also like just show them like there's more to um to this lifestyle than what you're seeing in like the mainstream or what you, or your first like you know first instinct about yeah. it so yeah no, exactly because i experienced something similar because my ex-wife and i and jay will tell you this we were in a triad we had a girlfriend and a lot of people right away they're like oh so you're swingers no no that has nothing to do with oh but it's the same thing no it isn't it's like well you're in a polyamorous triad relationship it's different from they, they don't understand and like you were saying people will fear what they don't know mm -hmm. and jay will tell you we lost a, a, a few friends because they didn't understand it you know they thought that we were gonna prey on their girlfriend or whatever i'm like no dude calm down that, yeah, that, does it. yeah that's another thing we've discussed this and like always people who are like afraid of those of those type of like uh, cultures and everything they always think that they're on in the crosshairs Right. and whatnot and it just yep. it almost feels like it sounds like you guys want to be in those crosshairs well, and because, everything <laughs> am i safe to assume that you identify as a gay man i do okay i just like i said i don't want to make assumptions um it's like somebody telling you oh i don't care if you're gay just don't hit on me like motherfucker you think Very highly of yourself <laughs> exactly i mean and and now that because honestly you're the first gay man we've had on the show congratulations really oh yeah yeah, yeah. well thank you yeah um <laughs> you're our first blue see another cherry yeah uh, racking them up so but you've have you come across that where oh sure like heterosexual men well, i don't care who you like but you know don't be hitting on me mm -hmm. oh sure yeah. absolutely and you don't hide it you completely are out right i i am now oh you are now i mean it, it's a journey for everybody i but mm -hmm. when i came to college and went to asu that was when i decided i'm fully out yeah. fellow sun devil was it was it because where you grew up it was hard to come out or oh yeah i grew up in a small town in idaho that was heavily mormon you said you're what because uh, uh, you said idaho yeah yeah idaho yep. uh, so idaho yeah similar to avery grew up was it in misery 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like the Midwest and and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Idaho's Northwest. Oh, Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're thinking like cornfields they got potatoes yep. yeah so, but so i'm assuming that did you when when did you come out to your family like when did uh i think i was 15 you were 15 yeah. so you were relatively young yeah and you said your parents were very accepting of it they they were they yeah. they had they were great reactions it was just a little bit of a surprise not sure why uh because mm-hmm. i've been playing dress up for years uh <laughs> they probably thought it was like a phase or sort yeah. of yeah yeah blue what what do you want to wear for halloween i want to be carrie yeah like the band no carry blood dress that is a dope costume (laughs) i was a little boy who convinced my sister Uh to ask for the gem dolls for christmas so you could play so i could play with them nice boy you're truly outrageous right truly truly outrageous that's our catchphrase yeah (laughs) do you see yourself more as a hologram or a misfit oh definitely a misfit i do uh pizzazz as a cosplay do you yeah they were cooler anyway in my book <laughs> their songs are better hell yeah they were rock we stars. are the misfits we are the misfits they, i mean they were rockers not right. you know they were more joan jett yeah you know, yep. it, jett, was, it was like joan jett versus madonna type of thing yep. <laughs> I, I saw it more as joan jett versus tiffany yeah 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 <laughs> yeah anyway that that was a deep cut 80s yeah. right there tiffany mm-hmm. uh so you you came out in a small town in idaho now did your parents kind of tell you don't put it out there or uh, I, well, I didn't exactly come out in Idaho because in consultation with my parents, because mm-hmm. I was also gay bashed, um, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't out, um, we decided it was best for me to probably stay in the closet through high school to mostly to survive high school. Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't because your parents were ashamed of it. They no. just want, they were feared this for was your safety. They wanted to protect you. Yeah. They feared yeah. for your safety. Yeah. With the team that I, I respect your parents more yeah. because it's more of a safety thing where it's like, yo, we live somewhere where it's not going to really, you know, and you think that Mormons have the reputation of being more accepting of people. It'd be a little different. Maybe but, now, but yeah, but, but I'm saying that's their reputation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much of i guess homosexuality but other mm-hmm. things so but would, were you raised mormon no no thankfully. <laughs> wow shaded the mormons no i'm kidding mm-hmm. so but so you said you really didn't get to live your self or well, how is it they true say, self. your true self yeah. until you came to college right mm-hmm. at asu mm-hmm. uh, asu seems to be even though it's like the reputation of a bro school yeah it does uh, it seems it to be very socially accepting of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was in the theater department, so it was very accepting, and mm-hmm. I didn't really Wait. get involved in any of the the bro stuff. I was far from yeah. fraternity row. When yeah. you were gay and in theater, yeah, that never happens. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> I'm a fellow ASU graduate, and uh, yeah, that campus is you know, it does have that reputation, party school, and everything. However, it is a very diverse school, very accepting yeah. of people of all um, cultures. Um, and what have you like there's like different like you know um groups and everything and clubs and clubs and whatnot yeah. uh, were you part of any of the um any clubs at diversity ASU? clubs like, um i wasn't they had a oh, what i'm trying to know what it was called uh the i think it was called the lambda group there was a gay group but they didn't really have like membership but i when i first came to asu i hung out there a little bit and that was how i learned about a gay fraternity Mm-hmm. Uh, called Delta Lambda Phi, mm-hmm. uh, which I am a, what do you call it, emeritus or, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you're, you're a, a, what do they call this thing? Not alum. Well, I guess yeah. an alum. Yeah, alum. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aluminum, maybe? <laughs> yep. So yeah. I was uh, a brother of Delta Lambda Phi, which is a social fraternity. They didn't have a house on campus. Right. Uh, and it wasn't exclusively campus related. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think two years before we kind of disbanded. At least that mm. chapter. They got a close. Oh, they disbanded the chapter. Yep. Oh, that's well. Yeah, it just people do it their separate ways. But um, yeah. they there has since been other chapters that have opened on campus. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. I mean, it, it's it's cool to hear that. I mean, they do put the STD in student anyway. Uh, that's an old joke that'll never not be funny. Uh, but it, it so you experienced your true self finally how did that feel when you were finally be able to like i don't want to say scream it from the rooftops but you were able to like be your authentic self well it was so long ago now i'm trying to remember oh Um, you're not that (laughs) i mean a big part of it was i was still learning a lot and i was very obsessed with doing everything the right way um, and making sure that I wasn't misstepping and that I was, you know, hitting all of the, you know, I was, I was kind of always looking for the right way to be gay, which there isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there is no right way. There uh, should be a book. 
Right. Yeah, same thing when I got involved in the, the leather community and the kink community. I was looking for the right way to do it, and there isn't. Yeah. Um, and so I, I spent a lot of time being obsessed with that and not just relaxing and enjoying, which right. I've finally learned to do later in life. Yeah. You know, I've always wanted to ask you this, and now, you know, this is around the topic of like, you know, college and everything. Um, you're very knowledgeable about this, about, you know, the burlesque uh, gay community, and, um, you know, we learned a lot from you. Yeah. And today, have you thought about like a teaching, uh, like educating, like a college course or something like this? Because honestly, I think a lot of people will, will benefit from this and everything from I, like a learning. I got the title of it. There's no wrong way to yeah. be gay. One on one. I I. I would maybe disagree with that line if you're with the the oh, there's wrong ways to be gay. There's the priesthood. Um, <laughs> oh, ouch! Oh, oh my! Um, oh my! But um, I, I have thought about it, and um, I don't yet know like if there's an ideal venue. Um, also, it's kind of one of those issues of I'm I'm involved in so many different hobbies, and who has the time? Mm -hmm. Well, um, but here's a question: If somebody wanted to come to you and ask to be their mentor, would you be? We, uh, depends mentor in what? Um, because within the Phoenix Boys of Leather, that is actually right. part of our membership process. Well, say I was a, an 18 year old like you that just came, moved here and just coming out to be my authentic self. But I don't, like you said, you didn't know what to do. You didn't want to do gay the wrong way. So if they, if I came to you and said, hey, help me, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I would as I've counseled several people, mm -hmm. um, fi figure out what you're into. Right. Um, you know, just like if you're moving to a city and you're trying to make new friends, right. find the things you're into, find other people who are into those things and you will make connections. Yeah, so exactly. if you are really into drag, go to drag shows, meet drag queens, get involved in that community and you will learn to do drag and you will be invited mm -hmm. to do drag. If you're interested in exploring um, gay fetish, come to a Phoenix Boys of Leather meetings. Right. Our meetings are open to the public and you will meet people. We talk very openly about it. You will start to learn um, what you're into and what you're not into. Right. That's awesome. And, you know, it's, it's such like a guidance counselor vibe with the way you put it and everything because <laughs> all guidance counselors, whether it's high school or college, first question is, what are you into? What do you like to do? And that's pretty much like the start of like an entire journey there. Yep. Well, and uh, not everybody knows. Sometimes part of the process is figuring out what you're not into. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that just takes time. Before, Absolutely. Be, before we wrap up, my morbid curiosity has a couple of questions. Because um, you're not unattractive. Um, you ever been hit on by a woman and have to break the news to them that, you know, you're just not that into her? Uh, yes. yes. Well, um, Yes, but usually it's like, honey, sorry, I'm gay. Oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. that happened recently on wrestling. I'll talk to you later about it. And then, hi, how can I put it? Have you ever been on the reverse of that where you thought someone was kind of into you, but it turns out? Mm. Um, I had a moment a couple years ago where I was mm -hmm. out at a bar and I saw a guy I thought was very attractive who was just kind of hanging out, not really talking to anybody. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to. Not that I'm necessarily expecting anything to happen, but he right. seems maybe a little uncomfortable and not talking to anybody. So I'm going to go you know, grease the wheels a little bit and be like, hey, how are you doing? Um, and immediately was like, I'm just waiting for my girlfriend. Wow. Okay, cool, cool. That whole that one sentence formed into one yeah. word type of thing. Right. Because so, we have discussed it many times, especially with Sammy and I and, and Jay. There, there is no straight. We believe that sexuality is a spectrum. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I heard you talking about this. Yeah. Have you heard of the genderbred man? The genderbred no. Excuse me. The genderbred person. Oh, no. The gender, it sounds like Shrek. The genderbred person. It, it is yeah. a fantastic teaching tool that has been developed to help explain to people the difference between um, biological anatomy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, shoot. Um, biological anatomy, gender mm -hmm. identity gender expression and sexual orientation right because those are four completely different spectrums interesting right. and people can fall in different places on all of them it's hmm. a fantastic teaching tool the and gender bred person yeah i gotta look, look that into up. that yeah because yeah. that sounds really interesting and honestly very beneficial for yeah. people to learn yeah yeah it's great yeah but absolutely before we go blue uh anything you want to promote any anywhere you're performing you're going to perform I don't have any performances coming up currently, but there will be some in the future. Um, and how was, can I find out about that then? Uh, my, you can follow me on uh, 
social media. Facebook. That's what oh, it's called. Okay. Right? <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. I have a Facebook. You can look up uh, Lil, L-I-L, Boy Blue, B-L-U. Um, I will post all of my gigs there. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about the local Phoenix fetish community, you're welcome to stop by the Phoenix Boys of Leather meetings. We have a website. We also mm-hmm. have social media. We post all of our meetings on there. They are open to the public. Come I'm say a, hi. I'm awesome. going to send Jay there next week. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. If we if we get 100 downloads, we take this challenge to everybody. I know you heard it. Mm-hmm. If we can get 50 downloads of this show, I'll get up on stage. Uh-huh. Actually, I'll do a burlesque. I'm glad nice. you brought I'll, that. I'll do a burlesque. I'm you glad you brought I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help. Actually, you know what? Because on our last episode, we actually had some, we brainstormed some potential ideas if we were to do burlesque. I, oh. I, I, I want to pick your brain real quick. I've always wanted to do a gender bend Okoye from Black Panther. Okay. Like a Doramage, but as a guy and everything. Uh, but do a, a cover of Titanium by Sia, but called Ooh. Vibranium. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. That's, yeah, funny. that's fun. Can you find a recording of them doing that? No, no. Oh. I think I think this is something that we might have to uh might like have to it. do. Yeah. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Me, I would do a uh Pennywise because people get freaked out by clowns already as it okay. is. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're not necessarily looking to turn on, you're looking to creep out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well both. Mm-hmm. Some people are turned on Some by people are very turned on by clowns. Yeah. Well that's the thing. They're turned on by being creeped out too. That too. Fear mm-hmm. makes them, you know, randy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you said your social media, L I L boy blue B L U. Uh, so that they can look you up on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I don't Instagram. Uh, I'm old. TikTok, bro. TikTok. <laughs> no. TikTok's where it's at. I got to show you how to TikTok, man. We have over 30,000 followers. On That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all I do is put bullshit up there, but it's great. Mm-hmm. No, it would, it would probably, with your burlesque, it would probably blow the fuck out. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jay, any parting words for our Mr. Blue? Well, thank you so much for coming on here. I know, like, you know, it's been like a back and forth trying to, like, get our schedules in and everything. But thank you so much for coming on here. We learned a lot. Thank you so much for, open, you know, um, teaching us about, you know, burlesque, um, the leather community and all that. And hopefully, you know, folks learn from this episode and, like, you know, start to, like, look into maybe doing burlesque themselves as well. So, I absolutely. Yeah. I, I just thought of another challenge. Mm. I, I, this is good. Jay's probably going to promote the shit out of this episode. Mm-hmm. If we can get a hundred, if we do get 50, I'll get up on stage and do a burlesque act. Mm-hmm. If we can get to a hundred, hundred downloads of this episode, mm-hmm. I'll let you flog me. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. All right. On, on, we'll do it live on our TikTok or, or on Instagram. Well, both. There you go. That's my deal. So yeah, I better promote the shit. <laughs> so, but we want to thank you for coming on. This won't be the last time you're on with us. I can guarantee you that. Uh, we like your energy. I love having you on. Uh, we are very diverse in far as everything. You're a minority to us too. So don't worry about it. I mean, you're a gay man that's into leather in Phoenix. That's a minority. Cisgendered white gay guy, but yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Cisgender white gay guy that's into leather and burlesque. Yeah, your heads on that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a minority. Yeah, what's the T-shirt for that one, yo? Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm thank, wearing it. Thank you very much. There's so much, so much more. That's why we got to have you back on. I wanted to get into equestrian stuff. I know you know what that is, but anyway, thank you for having. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate you. We want to have you back on. Like we like to say every Monday, make sure you listen into Make It a Combo, where Jesse Jr. and Andy watch movies and review them. Wednesdays, make sure to tune in to Am I a Slut podcast where Andy tells her randy stories from her listeners. And every Friday, come back here to hear Jay Shell put up with my shit on the Minorities Report. Well, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you. listen to make it a combo from make it a combo productions executive produced by jesse and junior check us on all our platforms at make it a combo pod and don't forget to follow our other podcasts am i a slut and the minorities report thank you and goodbye